0: Okay, and we are recording. So, (laughs) alright. Welcome to Murder and Mystery. I'm your host, Summer. And I'm Lisa. And we've made it this far. (laughs) Despite
1: our best efforts, (laughs) in spite of... The year's best efforts we've made at
0: this point. Right? Well, we're fixing to get snow
1: Hammered by <laughs> yes, the snow. Yes, we
0: have been what now a week of ice oh, almost almost a week of ice almost
1: a week of below freezing temperatures we're sitting at like 5 days right now i think uh no end in
0: sight probably another 5 days of it right and just about <coughs> what at midnight tonight we're going to get cloud bias 7 7 hours
1: until the snow starts accumulating they say yes. so it'll be interesting so happy valentine's day yes happy valentine's day did the you know, cute little Valentine's Day lunch thing the day before just to get it out of the way so tomorrow we won't have to leave. Early gift shopping for the kids to make sure there's something for them, you know, of course, because I almost forgot. (laughs) And in in the midst of preparation for winter storms, you don't really think of holiday stuff very often. Right. Um, And so, yeah, that was an extra trip back to the store. But, yes, so there's... Snow in the air, but not so much love in the air on this
0: episode. Well, you know. You know. Valentine's Day can bring out the best in people and the, the worst. worst in people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a double-edged sword. Completely. Yeah. So, for our holiday special, we have a couple of murder episodes. And I know uh, mine actually takes place... Right here in our home state of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's always nice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
1: right right in our backyard. Way to represent. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, mine mine is in Georgia, so we're a little bit further away. We got we got both sides of the coin today because you have the, the male side. Right. And I'm repping the female murderer side. Okay, you know, so that'd be fair. Just goes to show you that Everyone sucks. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> love just sucks all the way love, around love, sometimes. Love stinks, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what they say? Love stinks. I, and I, I can't really say that. My husband, Scott, was so sweet the other day. I guess it was um, Friday. Friday. Uh I was working at home and had my office door closed and was in session and came out, and he had snuck away while I was working because school was out and went and got me roses. Oh, that's so sweet.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you might not murder him this year.
0: Yeah. So I think he gets to live another year. Live live
1: one more year. We'll see what (laughs) 2022 has in store for him.
0: I mean... (laughs) 2020 plus one, he might make it. 2020 plus two, we just don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you guys about Dr. John Hamilton and his, his Valentine's Day gift for his wife. Yeah. Um, Not as special as the one your husband got for you. No. I I will take roses any day. <laughs> So, we're going to go to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, where this fairy tale began in 1985, and this is when Dr. John Hamilton and Susan Horton actually went to a mutual friend's birthday party and met. hmm They had both recently separated from their spouses. They had kids from previous marriage, their previous marriage. Yeah. But they quickly fell for each other, and in 1987, they married um, oh, okay. each other. Okay. So, they had Okay, so within and, two
1: years, were separated and already married again. Yes. So, this was a pretty quick turnaround right. for them. Okay. So,
0: they were separated when they met, but, you know, within that two years, they divorced yeah. and married each other. He was just absolutely head over heels in love with this woman. Okay. He showered her with expensive gifts. He took her on exotic vacations. He called her constantly. He had her working in his clinic sometimes. Okay. Um, Not because she needed to, but just Just because. to keep her close. Yeah. Just
1: want to be around
0: her. He was an OBGYN. Okay. And so, he had lots of money,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like I said, she would work in his clinic sometimes, so when she wasn't working with him, he was calling her multiple times a day. Okay. Friends and family described them as the perfect couple. So, Valentine's Day, 2001, um, this wasn't any different. Everything seemed to start off pretty normally. John had ordered her a large bouquet of red orchids. Oh. Which I love. Love orchids. orchids. Yeah. Um, He had ordered those and had them delivered to the house. He left the house at 7 that morning for an early morning surgery. Okay. But then he came back shortly after that so that they could exchange cards and gifts and everything. Okay. But then at about 8.50, his beeper was going off. To tell him that he was late for his other surgery, his next surgery. So, he rushed off to mm-hmm. his next surgery. And then he said that when he got back to the hospital, he realized that he had left his planner at home. Okay. And he needed that to tell, you know, what he had going he for the day. Where he was to be, yeah. And stuff. And I mean, I guess in 2001, you didn't have, you know, the... All, the fancy iPhones and Yeah, it was a little harder to keep
1: up with yourself right
0: back then. So you used a paper planner and so he needed that to I guess, know what was going, coming up, but I thought that yeah. was what the receptionist was for in the clinic. Usually, they have assistants that do scheduling yeah. and, and things. Yeah, I so. mean, I honestly, every doctor's appointment I've been to, yeah. they take me in, they put my chart out there, and that's how the doctor knows who's Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. You know, but he needed this planner, so he says that he came back home to get the planner, So this is the second time he's been home that morning. So two surgeries and two trips home. Yes. Not a normal
1: day by any means. Right. This is weird. He doesn't live that far from the the house. Okay. Okay.
0: But so he comes back, and this is where their horror horror begins. Okay. He says he comes in and he finds his beloved wife on the floor in the bathroom, laying in a pool of blood. Oh no. Uh he says that she has two of his ties around her neck, and her head had been hit so hard that her brains were exposed. Oh my goodness, yeah, wow. so he immediately calls nine one one obviously, yeah, and then he starts performing c p r okay, and he is in the call, you know, he's frantic, he's saying he's trying c p r but he, she's not breathing. So he ends the call saying, I'm going to hang up so I can continue trying. Okay. So he's continuing, continuing to Continuing try. trying to save her life. Right. Yeah. So when the police and the EMT arrive, John's covered in his wife's blood. He's hysterical. Him. And he tells them that he's been trying to save her life. And that's why he's covered in blood. Yeah. So police quickly whisk him away while they start processing the scene. You know, EMTs do their do thing. Their thing. Yeah. She's not. She's gone. Yeah. And stuff. So the coroner comes and they, they take care of yeah. that. So police take him back. And that's this is where the investigation starts. Okay. So the first line of the investigation was... Who had it out for this doctor and his wife? Yeah, and it really didn't take much to really to look into this. Okay. Uh, so not only does he perform births and take care of women's health at uh-huh. his clinic, he also performs abortions. Oh, okay. So there's protesters that picket the clinic, but there's also po- protesters that picket outside of their house, and. Really recently, like within a week or so of all of this, a militant anti-abortion group, the Army of God, had been harassing them. And that week, they had faxed a wanted poster Uh to John, and they were making threatening phone calls. Oh, okay. So, So they were really... This is timely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, this looks like, okay, so this makes them a suspect. And, you know, there's protesters. So, okay, somebody could have broke into the home and attacked her. Yeah. Because of these abortions. Okay, so now they've got some suspects that they're looking at. Yeah. So, they have their, they have some people that they're looking at as suspects yeah. for this. So, the second line of their investigation was a burglary gone wrong okay they're thinking that you know there's a possibility that always that they're rich they you know they're yeah I see it you know and sometimes she did work at the clinic and staff and maybe when he left that second time there's the chance that she had gone so somebody broke in and and then she she stumbled upon them yeah okay so, a quick search of the house showed no forced entry. They couldn't find anywhere where somebody had forced their way in, but okay. she could have also answered the door.
1: Yeah. True. But
0: she was in the bathroom. She was in the bathroom when she was attacked. Yeah. So oh, okay. So, that doesn't seem likely then. Right. So, you know, yeah. you would look at, okay, why would she answer the door and then go into the bathroom? She Unless it was somebody she knew. Knew, exactly. Yeah.
1: Which doesn't jive with the whole robbery right. thing.
0: Yeah. So, the house seemed undisturbed with no obvious signs of anything missing, as though there had been a robbery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're very well off. There was lots of things that were, you know, expensive there. Yeah, yeah. They're in a very affluent neighborhood. This man's a doctor, so there was a lot of things that could have been taken. And nothing was. Yeah, if they had broken in and had murdered the woman, wouldn't you at least take something? Yeah, if that was your motivation, like if that for your trouble, would you not make it worth your time?
1: You know, and the risk that you ran. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. So now you have the most obvious and that is that the only other person in the home was Dr. John Hamilton, her Mm -hmm. husband. So as you know, spouses always The first suspect in these murder cases. And so when you look at this, he had opportunity. He had motive. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But he had opportunity. He had motive. He knows her routine. He knows the house. And it really makes the most sense. Yeah, for there not to be any obvious signs
1: of anything wrong. Right. You know, that, that shows a comfort level between the victim and the, the criminal. So, right. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and besides, if you are doing an investigation, you want to rule out everybody in the house anyway. So, yeah. you want to the look closest into people everything. to them. Yes, exactly. So, now let's look at the evidence. As mentioned before, there was no signs of forced entry. There was nothing noticeably missing from the home. Okay. Um, The home seemed undisturbed with the exception of where she was killed. That was the only thing that seemed to be disturbed. You would think if she, you know, if somebody had startled her that she would have tried to get out or, you know, that something or if this had been a robbery that... You know, they would have taken yeah. some things. They would have ransacked the place. They would have looked for something. At least looked for something. You yeah. don't murder somebody and then go, oops, and leave.
1: Like, right. There's a struggle at the very least. And if it's a struggle from the door, it's a struggle through the whole house. Right. You know.
0: And so, and if these were the the protesters, yeah, they would have, you would think, left a message. Taken responsibility. Yes. Uh made
1: a big deal out of it, not a quiet killing, I would think. Ransacked you know? the house, broken
0: things burned the house. Something. I mean, it would be radical. It would be not right. Same. Yeah. You don't break into somebody's house and kill somebody in the name of protesting you know, something huge like abortion for no reason. Exactly. You know, just, just one, one person. It's yeah. not even, it's not, a, it's a, yeah. It's not, not even there. leave a cardboard sign laying in there or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, a calling card. Exactly. <laughs> so there were bloody footprints inside of the home that were accounted for. So there were bloody footprints that matched John's. Okay. And from where they were trying to, you know, save her life, where they were checking her and everything, and they had to get in there. Mm -hmm. There was bloody footprints from that, so those were accounted for. Yeah. There were no other bloody footprints. Oh. So there was blood everywhere in the bathroom. So it was a ghost or it was John. Right. (laughs) But there's no blood, like, leading Leading out. out anywhere. Okay. Right. There's... Nothing showing any exit around the house. No, nothing on the sidewalk, driveway, grass, nowhere. Okay. Two of John's ties were knotted tightly around her neck. However, the cause of death was the blunt force trauma to the head that had left her brain partially exposed. Okay. And her blood and skin was found on the steering wheel of John's car. Oh, okay. Which... Yeah. yeah, that's not okay. He had scratch marks on one of his shoulders, or at least what looked like scratch marks on one of his shoulders. However, Susan didn't have any skin under her fingernails. So there wasn't okay. anything that looked like she had fought back. All right. So no defensive, So you know. They weren't able to tell what those were from. Investigators found the card that Susan had gave John for Valentine's Day because, remember, they were exchanging cards. Yes, yeah. And, you know, everybody had said they were the perfect couple. They were so in love. He was just head over heels for her. But is that ever really
1: true? You always
0: hear of the perfect couple thing. Right. Well... Here is her message that was handwritten in this card. Okay. I bought my card two weeks ago, so I guess maybe they don't seem as appropriate now, but I do love you. Have a good day, Susan. Oh. Yeah. So this caused them to dig deeper into this 14-year marriage. Yes. And what they found was more of a Grimm's brother fairy tale than a Disney fairy tale. Man. So, here is what came out of their digging into this marriage. Okay. So, Susan's daughter told investigators and reporters that her mother believed John was having an affair with a patient. Oh. Yeah. That's a big deal. Investigators found evidence that Susan had uncovered records Uh of 60 calls to a stripper on John's cell phone. And this was from going through stuff that was in the house. Okay. Um they found the stripper in question. She denied having an affair with the doctor and stated that he gave her samples of antidepressants when she needed them. Okay? However, she did say that he called her up to ten times a day. Oh, So you know, you know, John called his wife multiple times a day. Obsessive, Yeah, so Susan worked at the clinic, and friends and family said that Susan loved to talk to John, but she sometimes insinuated that it was too much. Yeah. So he is very obsessive about Susan, and Uh it sounds like maybe he was becoming obsessive with this stripper. Yeah. Um, Susan's mother stated that they were a happy couple most of the time, but Susan felt smothered. I could see it. Yeah, friends said that Susan was considering a divorce. I could also see that Susan's next door neighbor, who's also whose name was also Susan. Oh, the Susans. Yes, <laughs> and her husband was also a doctor. Oh, so I mean, we very were, affluent neighborhood. Yeah, I was to say that's that's usual. And I guess Susan isn't that. Uncommon back in of a name. I was a, well, in
1: 2001, they're adults so back. Yeah, back
0: then Susan yeah. was pretty popular, I think. I mean, she was born probably in the 60s. Yeah, so Susan, yeah, Susie. So Susan's next-door neighbor said that she had a strange conversation the week before with her. Oh. Her husband who's also a doctor. They have conversations, you know, they were acquaintances. They weren't yeah. like best of friends, but they would talk. They were neighborly. Yes. Okay. And so they usually didn't talk about their husbands, uh-huh. but Susan was asking her if her husband's patients contacted him at home.
1: Oh, and so, so they were,
0: Susan's getting suspicious, right? Yes. So they're having this strange conversation. Yeah. So during Susan's last conversation with her daughter the night before her death, Susan tells her daughter that she felt scared and alone. Oh. That's a big thing for a parent to admit to their kid. Right. Huh. And the night before she dies.
1: Yeah, that's a little weird. You would think something, you know... Right. ...had escalated.
0: So, there is a lot of evidence here pointing to... Right at him. Yeah, right at him. So, at the trial, Dr. John Hamilton, obviously he had been arrested and he was charged with his wife's murder... Yeah. The district attorney Wes Lane theorized that John had snapped when he realized he was gonna lose his wife because he obsessed her. Yeah. Yeah. Um he came home that morning after his first surgery because it sounded like by that card, you know, i bought my cards a weeks ago. But now but now they don't seem to be you know, so it seems like all of this evidence about the stripper, all this stuff just kinda came up. And
1: maybe, I mean, maybe at the exchanging of the cards, when he read that and said, okay, what do you mean by that? That maybe when it got heated. Could have been.
0: You know. When he realized, oh, you really are going to leave. You're leaving for real. You don't
1: love me like these cards say you do anymore. This isn't appropriate right. for you. I,
0: it's over. it's ending. You know, and maybe that's the time that she told him, I'm going to leave.
1: I mean, she could have very well wrote the card, let him read the card, and say, what do you mean this isn't appropriate, and then here's right. all the evidence. She right. sounded like she was doing her homework to make mm-hmm. sure she knew what she was, you know, talking right. about.
0: So, he theorized that when he came home that morning after his first surgery, they got into an argument. Yeah. And that's when he snapped and he killed her. But, well, he was cleaning up. He was interrupted by his beeper.
1: That's so he why went, he was
0: late for his second surgery. Right. Oh my gosh. So he went to the hospital, did his second surgery, and came back to finish cleaning up. Oh. Okay. And then he called 911 and made it look like he just happened to come back for his planner and finds his wife dead. Oh, and no. oh my god. Poor him. And I have all this blood all over me because I, I was saved. Save yeah. oh. So the prosecution hired a crime scene expert. Who testified that Susan's blood and skin were found in the steering wheel of John's car. Okay. His left shoe was also splattered in a way that could only happen if she had been alive when that happened. Ooh. They argued there were no signs of forced entry or robbery so that robbery couldn't be a motive. Yeah. There were no bloody footprints leading out of the house. No blood was found outside of the house with the exception of John's car. <laughs> there was no other solution, they argued, yeah. with the exception that John killed his wife.
1: I mean, that sounds like a pretty solid case.
0: Okay. John argued that he did not snap like that, that he did not kill his wife. He loved his wife. He stated the blood in his car was because he went to move his car before paramedics arrived. His car was blocking the front of the house because he just pulled up in front of the door and went in.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, But his hands were shaking so badly he couldn't get the keys in the ignition. Okay. So he also said that he doesn't know why there were no bloody footprints found anywhere else. I mean, he can't explain that. Yeah. Um, the defense told jurors that they believe that the assailant took a shower and let the water run for an extended amount of time. Oh. Poured cleaning solution down the drain to prevent forensics from finding any blood in the drain convenient so this person basically came in and was prepared i was going to say that's a person
1: with the motive that's a person with the the intent
0: to kill her committing a crime yeah yeah this allowed them to get out of the home without leading leaving a bloody trail the murder weapon was never found, okay. which they argued the assailant put it in a bag with their bloody clothes and carried it from the scene. Hmm. So, okay. the defense also hired their own crime scene expert, Tom Bevel. Okay. So, he argued all of this. He he argued that the blood, actually the blood splatter on the shoe Actually, would have been consistent with him stepping down into the blood and it splattering up on the shoe. Oh, was actually okay. more more was more consistent with that than actually um, a splatter. Hitting. Like yeah. yeah. So he went through all of this. And everything seemed to be going well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was able to dispute everything that they said. Yeah. Now, the one thing that in my mind that I keep going back to was they're looking at he killed him, right? Uh huh. He killed her. Yes. And the first time. And uh, then he leaves and he comes back, back. to clean up. But there's no bloody footprints anywhere. And that's what they keep arguing. He had to have killed her because there's no bloody footprints Nobody leading is, out. Nobody else Yeah, there's no other prints there. And he rushed out because of the second surgery. And
1: it honestly kind of sounded like the defense knew what the criminal did because the defense was the criminal. Right. <laughs> he got in the shower. He poured the stuff down the drain. He made sure he was clean. He
0: did all of this. Okay. Well, but... If and then he, you put he, your regular clothes on and go pretend to save your wife, and then right. So yeah. what did I mean? So what did he do? Did he take the bloody clothes off, the bloody shoes off, put on new clothes? Yes. Or yeah. did he strip down naked, go in, kill, kill his her wife, and then put his clothes back shower, on? Shower, <gasps> pour the there stuff go. down, then go get dressed, and, and then, then go come save her, back. and then go. I save mean, her. yeah. It, it, Try to save her. Yeah. It just huh. anyway. So <laughs> man they go through all of this, they dispute everything, and then there was one thing that this that Tom Bevel found. Okay. One thing, one spot of blood that he found on John's shirt. Oh, okay. That had been missed. Before, that was very pertinent evidence that he did not believe would have occurred in any other way except if he had killed his wife.
1: So, it was like splatter, splatter. Yes.
0: Yes. Not, not secondary. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> he sees this at the last minute, but, you know, obviously he was the expert witness for the defense. So, he doesn't have to disclose this, except that while under oath, the DA asked Bevel if there was anything pertinent that had been missed. Oh, and he is now compelled. Yes. So, he is compelled to answer that question honestly. So, he has to tell them what he found. That's pretty lucky. And right, <laughs> pretty lucky. So this is the one thing that clinches the doctor's conviction. The jury took less than two hours to convict him. He was later sentenced to life in prison. Okay. Yeah. He continues to deny having anything to do with his wife's murder. He continues to try and con- to appeal his conviction. Again, again. There is no... There were no bloody footprints. There was nothing found leading out. So, I mean, other than him stripping yeah, down and yeah. showering and then running out and then coming back. Which, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, is the most feasible explanation
1: for the right. crime.
0: You but know? the murder weapon has never been found. Huh. What did he do with the murder weapon? What did he use? Where did it go? go. Yeah. Well, listen, he left. He could have taken it with him, disposed
1: of it anywhere. I mean, honestly, he was at a hospital. He could have put it in a biohazard bag in a hospital. Nobody would have ever touched it. I mean, he could have. You know, it would have been put in the incendiary. Like, yeah. there, you know, there's, there's ways to get around it. And, I mean, obviously, he had thought of it. It was premeditated because we're talking about this man, like gets naked and murders his wife, takes a shower, gets dressed, goes and performs a life-saving operation potentially on somebody else
0: and then comes back to fake save his wife. But to me, that... If I were on the jury, that would be just enough... To give me that... Pause to say, oh, well, what about the weapon? Yeah, there's there's just enough to say there's a little bit May, of doubt. Maybe doubt, maybe doubt, but... So I couldn't say beyond a shadow of a doubt this so man did it. So much circumstantial
1: evidence, though.
0: Yes, so but that's all it is is circumstantial, circumstantial evidence. Yeah, that's true.
1: I think, I I don't know how anybody else could have done it. Right. I mean, there was obviously a tension happening. There was obviously some sort of confrontation with those cards, because I mean unless unless you hate that person, you're you're not gonna be mean through something like that, like through a card. if you, right I mean, if they were married for as long as they were married, and even if it was ending, if it was ending on an okay note. It would be a mutual respect thing. It wouldn't be, well, these were appropriate, but now they're not. Like, she but was she mad. She said,
0: but I love you. Well, huh? Well, I, don't I know. mean, and it was kind of. I don't sad. know. To Maybe. me, I took that, you know, I bought these, and these were lovey dovey cards, and now all of this has changed, and I'm sad, but I love you. Yeah hmm maybe maybe kind of my world is is crashing down around me yeah she was sad about it maybe
1: yeah i don't know it does i mean it does seem more likely than not that he was the one that did it simply because there is no robbery there is no motive other than killing her specifically And I don't think, unless we're in a TV show or a movie, that people kill other people's spouses to get to them. You know what I mean? Like that Well, doesn't he doesn't have happen.
0: anybody else in there exactly. with him,
1: so... Other, other than him wanting out of it the easy way, thinking Why? he could trick everyone, he's a doctor, you know... Other than that, I don't see what a motive would be. The abortion clinic people wouldn't do something like that. It would be bigger. It would be bigger. It would be a statement.
0: Unless it's the stripper who wanted the
1: wife out of the way to possibly but she was really cooperative with and told them everything. Told them that she was illegally like getting prescriptions from him. Right, he, she's she's laid it out there and says, "Hey, he gives me
0: pills." Well, maybe at that point yeah. it was okay. Either I pin it on th- this on him, or I'm going to get stuck yeah. with it.
1: Maybe, maybe I don't know.
0: They know about me, damn. But she didn't. <laughs> but she
1: didn't seem like in love with him. It seemed like she right. was using him. maybe. I agree. You know, so, so I wouldn't think that that would be jealousy. Wouldn't be a motive. For, well for me, I wouldn't think it would be strong enough motive.
0: I mean honestly I think it comes down to he probably did it it's just that one little piece of the murder weapon from uh, like yeah, yeah I understand that from from that standpoint you have to say
1: well they could never find it and and stuff but the uh, the the being obsessed and the constant contact and the if she was pulling away he would have lost it you know, I firmly believe that if a person is that obsessed, wouldn't they have been married for so long and he's still calling her ten times a day? Right. That's an obsession. And if that was the case, I don't think he would ever, ever, ever let
0: her leave. Ever. I agree. I, I agree. Because that, that does seem very controlling and um, violent. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But yeah. Okay. Man. So that is the murder of Susan Hamilton. All right.
1: All right. So we are going to go to Snellville, Georgia. Ooh. I yes. Know. And uh, we are going to talk about a woman named Stacy Sheck. Not spelled Sheck like you would think, but Sheck. Okay. Okay. So Stacy was married to Richard. Richard was known to be a good man. When he met Stacy, she had already been married four times. <laughs> she's, Lucky number she's, five. She's had her time around the block. She has three kids of her own. Okay. He wasn't upset by this, he pursued her anyway. He really, really liked your kids as well. And they really fell in love and seemed really really good for each other. And they settled down in Snellville. They get married. And he adopts her kids. He adopts the three boys. So they would have the same name, stable family, you know. And anybody who knew these these people said that they were great. Like everything was good. They'd really found each other and it was it was good. And he had an art degree. And he was a very eccentric kind of guy. Hot air balloons, motorcycles—you know, he, he was a coach. He, you know, he did Cub, Cub Scouts. He did it all. Like so, he, he was very adventurous he, and liked doing things with the kids. He was a very and. active, active guy. Okay, doing the soccer dad thing and, <laughs> and coaching and and stuff. So he's he's really blended this family. He's fit mm-hmm. right into it. And everybody said he was really good. He was really good for Stacy and the boys and, you know, she made the money, but he took care of everything else. Okay. He kind of held it together. Everybody said that they were really happy and he took care of the kids while she worked and she he also took care of her grandparents who needed like round the round the clock care. So this well, is a good dude. This is a very good guy. Okay. He has he has taken on this responsibility with grace, right?
0: So another one, of those fairy tale couples that is, everything's great. Yes, everything.
1: And uh, you know they lived, they lived by themselves, uh, but they spent a lot of time helping her grandparents. Right. And um, on Valentine's Day, we're going to be talking about Valentine's Day in twenty ten. So we're going to go forward a couple years okay. here. Okay. And so Richard is doing his thing. He is cooking a great dinner for Stacy and her grandparents for Valentine's Day. And he gets this phone call while he's cooking, and it's Stacy saying, hey, baby, meet me at this park called Belton Bridge Park. It's not far from my grandparents' house. Come over here. I think I found the perfect spot to give you your gift. Okay. You know. Okay, so that's sweet, spontaneous. I mean, he seems to do a lot of work for them, so it's nice that she's trying to surprise him. She called, she called again and told him, "Hey, I'm running late because the person that's supposed to relieve me, this nurse that's supposed to be taking over my shift, isn't here yet. And so you go ahead and go, and I'll be there as soon as I can be." And then she called again, third third phone call here, uh, within a short period of time, she calls again, and he doesn't answer his phone. She's just calling to say, "Hey, I'm on my way." And so thirty minutes after she you know calls and doesn't get an answer, she goes to Belton Bridge Park and she gets out and she finds Richard laying on the ground beside his truck. Ooh, he's been shot in the chest, you know several times, and he has two two in his head and one in his hand as well. Wow, so like this is overkill, like yeah, this is, this is crazy, so of course, <coughs> Stacy goes nuts. she calls nine one one. She's trying to explain exactly where they are for them, exactly what has happened, why she, you know, what's going on. The police get there as soon as they can. He's shot, close range. It's it's over. He, right. You know, there's no saving him.
0: I mean, um, the head, the chest. The I mean, hands, like
1: he was defending himself, obviously, yeah. you know. there's There's nothing missing off of this man's body. Richard still has all of his stuff. He has his wallet in his pocket. His wedding ring is on. His truck is parked beside him, and it's still running. Like, wow! It the door is open on the on the truck. They, so he, he literally just opened the in. door and
0: got out with it still and
1: running and, and shot. was yes. Wow. Okay, so they are doing their CSI thing. They're looking through through everything they found another set of tire tracks that didn't belong to Stacy or Richard's vehicles. Okay. These tires were Goodyear Integrity tires. And it's a it's a good brand, it's a name brand, it's not a specialized tire at all. So we're talking thousands of vehicles. Okay, so very know, very common. Very common, you know. So it doesn't really help them that much that they found it, but hey, there's there's something. Right. Okay, so they sit Stacy down and they, you know, want to talk to her. And she tells them that, hey, right out the gate, I'm having an affair with this dude named Juan Reyes. Wow. want to lay it on the table right here, <laughs> having this affair. You know, it's been going on for years. This is an ongoing affair. And, you know, she didn't want to believe that he would ever have anything to do with it, but... Maybe. But let's throw him under the bus. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> she couldn't be sure, right? She's been with this man for years and she loves him enough to cheat on her husband with him, but she doesn't know him that well. But, you yeah. know, he might have killed him. And so, of course, the police are looking into her, probably looking into this Juan Reyes. And the further they look into it, you know, they find that Juan has worked at Stacy's office as a surgical assistant. But dude has no medical background. Oh, wow. <laughs> he has no licensure. He has no certificates. He's doing <laughs> this highly illegally. Um, he's a divorcee with several children. And Stacy had told them that he was struggling financially and that she had really been trying to help. She'd been trying to help him. They found out that he lived in one of Stacy's rent houses because she owns these properties. She has these properties. I think it was uh, a couple of, like, apartment complex type things and a strip mall and Uh and stuff. So they have money. She's pretty well-to-do. And so they found out that he's living in one of her rent houses but then they also have a secret apartment that they use for just them.
0: So she's a sugar mama.
1: She's sugar, sugar mama. Yes. <laughs> <Like> she's, <laughs> yeah, she's Daddy Warbucks is what she is. And so she sets him up with all this stuff. She gifts him all these things. She's paying for his truck, his cell phone. She's taking him on vacations. Wow. Like one is set. Like he's got it made, right? Wow. And she's doing this, like, on top of, I I would assume, you know, being there for her husband and doing these things, too. So we're doling out money. We're, you know, yeah. she's not afraid to spend the money.
0: Well, I mean, she has enough money to go around, I exactly. guess. Exactly. And
1: so, Juan, like, when when he tells all this stuff and, and, you know, the police hear all this, he becomes their number one suspect. Right. He has the most to lose. The trips, the truck, the Mm -hmm. car, you know. You know, he has a lot to lose. His home. His girlfriend. Like, a (laughs) lot. And so, however, he says, you know, guys, you're kind of thinking about it wrong. I'm really trying to get back with my wife. She's unemployed right now, and I'm using Stacy's money to pay for for her life. Wow. I'm really using Stacy. Yes, yes. Stacy <laughs> Stacy was being used. you know, he was using her to support his ex-wife and his family, basically. And so he says on Valentine's Day, I was with my wife and kids. Wow, probably using her money to go out to eat one
0: <laughs> in that truck she bought him. You know, I took um, my wife out. Yeah, bought her a nice meal, bought him all some candy, and all so, Stacy's credit card. Right, and
1: so out this all checks out. He was indeed with his wife and children on Valentine's Day, <laughs> and so we kind of hit a wall. Okay, so. Right. She's being forthcoming, very forthcoming, and helping in the investigation. Yeah. Juan Reyes, the only guy that, you know. birds are being incredibly loud. Yes, they are very noisy birds. Okay, so Juan's alibi is cleared. He's he's good. Stacy's being cooperative, so they're kind of stuck here. And then they get a tip. This is a very strange tip. This comes from... I'll be done in a minute. I, thought I was. I thought I was going through this pretty well until you guys started. Okay. So, um, the police are at a standstill. They're not really sure what's going to happen now because their two main, you know, their two main suspects aren't looking the greatest. Until they get this really strange tip that came from a really weird place. Okay. And it actually led them to, like, the break. Um, so, there's an IT tech at a spine clinic that Stacy worked for. This is okay. a very, very weird thing. Okay. And so, his job solely was to clear out all of the junk emails from the employees that worked at this spine hospital. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, when he went to clear Stacy's account for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the murder, the weekend of the murder, he found that the inbox had already been emptied. It was, it was empty, which was weird because that was his job. And so he emptied her spam box and backed it up and sent it to the investigators. These investigators get the privilege of going through 4,000 emails. Wow. Yes. Okay. They find that only two of them were kind of something to look into. So a lot of legwork, maybe some reward, maybe not. Okay, so they were requests, these two emails were requests to transfer funds from a real estate account that the doctor's office had to the personal account of a woman named Lintra Ross. Okay, Lenitra? Lenitra Ross, positive. Okay, so one of these was for $8,902. $8, And the other was for $1,100 to total $10,000 even after these two transactions. Okay. Lenitra Ross was a medical assistant at the clinic where Stacy worked. Okay. She, you know, they figured it out. Lenitra was also renting a home from Stacy. (laughs) So Stacy has touched everything here. Right. I mean, Stacy's fingerprints are all over this thing. Okay, so they question Lenitra about this, and she tells them, hey, you know, Stacy had wired me the money to make some repairs to the house I'm renting. Like, I'm doing this to take care of the house. And then Stacy says, yes, there was leaking pipes, and so she was paying her to pay for the repairs, basically. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Another call came in. Though after this, so they think the money thing doesn't really go anywhere.
0: That's a lot of money though for pipes for $10,000 for a
1: piping incident. And I don't really, I mean, I've rented houses in my life and I've never had the I've never had the person that owned the home pay me money to get it fixed myself. No. No, me neither. You know, ever. But, hey, who knows how they do it in Georgia? Who knows? Right. They question her about this, and, and she says, hey, you know, I'm just helping fix this house. And so they it kind of goes cold again. They don't really know where to go until they get another call regarding Stacy. This time, it comes from her cousin. So now the whole family's involved. Um, Her cousin's name is Connie Hearn, and she Uh tells the investigators that Stacy uh, was given her grandparents and Paula to sell. And the money was supposed to have been put in their grandparents' account to cover medical bills. And then Stacy, but Stacy had told Connie that she had sold it for $14,000, but they've never seen the money. So, she says, okay, something's weird. This car is, this car is, like, disappeared, but there's no money. And it just, something's off. But wow. the really, the really strange part of the whole thing was... The car was in Stacy's driveway and then gone for several weeks. And then, boom, right back in Stacy's driveway. But she sold it. But supposedly she had sold it. But there's no money for it. Exactly. So, no okay. money. No money and a car. So, we... This has not happened. Stacy
0: know. doesn't know what the meaning of selling a car is. She doesn't
1: know. Okay, so after the murder, the car was no longer in Stacy's driveway, but at one of the houses that she owned. <laughs> Stacy and her houses. It was at Lenitra's house. <laughs> Lenitra had this Impala. Okay. And this Impala also had those Goodyear Integrity tires that we were looking for from the beginning. Okay. Okay, so. is in- not very sneaky. Sna- Stacy is not a sneak. She's really not. Uh, the investigators are sure that she's involved in this somehow.
0: <laughs> huh. What's good, why? good
1: detectiving on their part right? because they know that something's going on. And so they're trying to figure out how Lanitra Ross has to do with this. Like what she has to do. She's obviously involved too. The tire impressions in the mud looks like the car had set at a, at a spot and waited. It had kind of sunken down into the mud and so the okay. tracks were kind of deep. So it's and been there so for a little
0: while. We're
1: talking ambush. Like we're going to park and wait and ambush. Okay, so this car keeps disappearing. It's in the driveway. It's not in the driveway for weeks. Boom, it's back in the driveway. When it's not in the driveway, it is at Lenitra's house that she's renting from Stacy. Okay, the this car has the Goodyear Integrity tires that they were looking for. And the investigators are now positive that Stacy's involved in this in some way. Okay. Okay, so now they're trying to figure out her role and somehow how Lenitra Ross has something to do with this because she's everywhere in it as well. And so they start looking more into these tire impressions, and the tire impressions that were in the mud at this park, they were they were weighted. They had been there for a little bit and they had sunken down. They were really good fresh prints. And uh they they said that the car had been sitting there a while at this at this meeting spot. Mm-hmm. And Based on the local cell phone tower and Lenitra and Stacy's phone conversations leading up to the murder, they'd say that that, that car was there, that it was the, the car. Okay. And so now they're trying to figure out how Lenitra and Stacy fit into where this car was in, in the ambush. Okay, so they get warrants for their cell phone records and for the local towers. And they do a tower dump for the day of the murder to see when everything, exactly the times, and get a good timeline on this. And so they go through thousands of pages of records. And uh, the investigators use Stacey's contact list and they're trying to match numbers off these pings through her contact list. And so one number popped up around the time of the murder... Uh, this number made a call that pinged off of the tower at Belton Bridge Park. It was the night of the murder, around 8:40 p.m. This contact was listed as Reggie slash Mr. Results, and the he made a call. He made a call to Lenitra Ross. Okay. So somebody that Stacy knew made a phone call to, to Lenitra. Lenitra Ross at the time of the murder from Belton Bridge Park. Okay. Okay, so we're getting some concrete evidence here. We're getting some good, good stuff. And still Stacy's smack dab in the snap, middle of it. Snap, right in the middle of it. Okay, so you look up the name Miss Results, and this investigator found this guy named Reginald Coleman, who was a personal trainer... And he was a semi-pro boxer, and he did some boot camp type things, like some workout boot camps at okay. Stacy's office. Okay, so, so that's Stacy is in the middle of all of this here. The world does revolve around Stacy right. in this instance. <laughs> and um, so they're circumstantial, circumstantial, but it's there and it's building up, and then you get a final clue that was actually a text message. Lenitra texted Stacy right after receiving the phone call from Coleman. So we're talking 8:40. Coleman calls right after 8:40. Boom. Lenitra sends a text message to Stacy that reads, "Forgot to tell you I'm coming in late tomorrow. By the way, Happy Valentine's Day." Okay. Okay. So not a not as nefarious text by right. any means at all. Something um, you'd easily overlook. Yeah. And so, uh, we know that Stacy has had this affair with Juan Reyes. We also know that she's definitely taking care of him, as well as her own family and her grandparents.
0: Are you talking to me? Sadie, what are you doing? She's talking to me.
1: And so... You know, she is, she's not only paying for herself, she's paying for Juan Reyes' family, she's paying for her grandparents, like, she's, she's doing all of this. She's come pay for me? Exactly, right? (laughs) Uh, So at some point, Stacy decides that she doesn't want to be married anymore. She's tired of, of the marriage, but she didn't want to get divorced again because you could lose money in divorce. Right. You know, that's always a big thing, you know, losing that money. Also, a little motivation. She had a five hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy on this man. Okay, not lose money, but gain, gain money. half a million. You know, wow, that's that's a thing. And um, so they know that Stacy has orchestrated all of this. She starts talking to Lenitra. About how she thinks that her husband is molesting her children. Oh, no. Um, she says that she thinks especially the 14-year-old he's really focused in on. And so, Lenitra is obviously upset and agrees to help Stacy figure out how to take care of her problem. You know, and she tells, yeah. her, she tells her, hey, if you need this guy gone, I know a guy. Lenitra's boyfriend's name is Reginald Coleman.
0: Oh, Mr. Re- Mr. No. Results. Mr. Results.
1: Also worked as a hitman on the side. Okay. Mr. Results all the way around. Okay. And so. Get you good results. Okay. So, Lenitra gets Stacy contacted with Coleman. And they put together this plan. Stacy knew that her loving, adoring husband would be cooking dinner for them on Valentine's uh-huh. Day. And so she knew that there was a park not too far from there that never really got a lot of attention. It was kind of secluded. It wasn't, uh-huh. a, a, you know, a big, a big thing. And so, uh, she picked this secluded area that only had a dirt road and was lined with trees. It was foresty. Okay. This was This was probably the edge of the park, I would imagine.
0: Okay. So, and very so, secluded.
1: And so, very secluded. Could be romantic, I guess, in a context. Right. You know. And so, Stacy and Coleman did a walkthrough of everything. They planned mm-hmm. it. They plotted it. They walked it through. Looks really good. All she needs is him at that spot. And so, you know, Valentine's Day rolls around, and Mr. Results heads on up to the park and waits for Richard to arrive because he knows that he would do what his wife wanted him to do.
0: Right. You know, and so. Stacy basically runs the world. Exactly. And,
1: and so Richard gets out, and as soon as Richard gets out, Coleman shoots him, point blank range, six times, bat, 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 bat. Okay. He called Lenitra, says, hey, it's done. Lenitra then texts Stacy regarding her late time and her secret code of Happy Valentine's Day to indicate that it was successful and that her husband was really dead. So Stacy immediately calls Richard, and when he didn't answer, she knew he was already dead. Therefore, she gets in her car and goes to, to meet him okay so this is her this is her orchestration this is her yes this is her finding him you know and so three months go by she's doing her grieving thing she's trying to help them as much as she can quote unquote you know and then they put all this evidence together and you know they're, they're going to arrest her she told them now they arrest her they say Stacy why did you do it we know you did it why And then Stacy immediately goes to, he molested our kids. Like, he molested the children, and I had to do something to keep them safe, basically. Yeah. Um, Her children say absolutely not. Her children have spoken out against or deny any claims that he ever did anything inappropriate to them. So she was lying. So she was lying again. And you know, after it was all said and done, she really she wanted to be rid of him and that insurance money. You know, she had money, but she who who could yeah. not use more, I guess, in this situation. And so, she concocted all this plan and got these people to help her and was going to pay them $10,000 a piece, which she had already wired to Lenita. the money for the money, the, the house pipes. repair the house repair yes so all of this stuff that all of this stuff that she thought was gonna be not a problem very sneaky very sly all these explanations for the money and you know it all unraveled very quickly because she deleted her email because she deleted her email exactly they probably would have never thought anything about it if she hadn't in the end Stacy, Mr. Results, and Lenitra all ended up in prison for life. Stacy didn't get the death penalty because she agreed to testify against her conspirators. Uh Uh-huh. So, again, she's taking the easy way out and doing what she has to do for Stacy. Lenitra uh, tried to appeal her trial, stating that they should have suppressed the phone records from the tower dump. These records were these records that connected her to the case. Uh, but they she wanted those dumped and not not even uh, part of her trial. But the Supreme Court of Georgia denied the appeal, saying that they were obtained legally, so therefore they were admissible. There was no reason, you know. Yeah. And so to this day, Sandra Lenitra and Sandra Stacy <laughs> Stacy Lenitra and Mr. Results are locked up in prison. Wow. For Valentine's Day gone
0: awry. Wow. Yep. All because she didn't want that fifth divorce. Too expensive. She had money that she
1: could have been made. Ugh. Oh. And to use her kids like that? Uh, yeah, to put them in the middle of it. Yeah. Wow. Completely. And, I mean, she didn't have a problem using anyone and everyone she had to, apparently.
0: That's just sad. I mean... Very sad. But I wonder yeah. if, in the end, if if they knew that he wasn't really molesting her kids. Or if she just let that one go until the trial. And, oh, surprise! Oh, that wasn't really happening. Yeah. I, I don't know. Wow. So, yeah. Wow.
1: So, while you enjoy Cupid's Day, Lover's Day... <laughs> Think of those less fortunate than yourselves who were murdered by their lovers. (laughs) And happy Valentine's Day! And happy Valentine's Day! (laughs)